Talk to my friend Drew. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As diehard conservative. I'm to this guy for wisdom. So he had two actually horrific mass shootings over the weekend. Uh, the one everyone's talking about and focused on, of course, is what happened in Buffalo. It's absolutely horrific. It's it's reprehensible. Uh, but there was another one on Sunday, and a 60-year-old Asian man shot up uh, a group having a luncheon at a Taiwanese church. It was a Taiwanese Presbyterian church down in Laguna Woods, California. But uh, Biden's announced he's he's not going to visit that one, of course. He's not going down to Laguna Woods. You know, Asian lives apparently don't matter. No, no, no. He's going to go to Buffalo because it fits the narrative. Finally, finally, the Democrats have something they can isolate, twist, manipulate into pushing the narrative that, you know, Republican white supremacists are the greatest threat to America. Even though this guy is not a Republican, rejects Republicans, rejects conservatism, the killer in Buffalo, that is. But he's a white guy with a manifesto. That's all they needed. This is all they ever need. Just just a, anything, a shred, a shred of something, and then they just lie completely. So anyway, the, the Democrats, I got to tell you, they were ecstatic on Saturday. And I mean this. They were ecstatic about this killing that took place. I know that some of you are saying, Drew, that's that's rough. I'm not talking about your average American, but the Democrats, the same Democrats who invented Trump-Russia collusion, who wanted to undermine Trump's election, these evil reprobates, they were ecstatic. The media was ecstatic that this shooting took place. They're still ecstatic, elated even, over that mass shooting. They were acting like it was Christmas time. Christmas came early. Because that's what it was for Democrats. Think about it. What has Biden been saying and preaching? What have the Democrats been trying to promote in terms of a false narrative against their political opponents, which would be the Republican Party, uh, ever since Biden was inaugurated? I mean, I'm telling you, these, they, these people, they have been desperate for an act of violence that they could use to, pr- to promote their false narrative that white supremacists were the most lethal threat to our homeland. That is exactly, precisely what Joe Biden has said on numerous occasions. Uh, Biden, back in April of last year, made that claim that, you know, uh, white supremacists were going to replace jihadists as the most lethal threat to America. And so now Biden's going to travel to Buffalo to give this speech. Snubbing the Asian American community, those victims, shot by an Asian. But no, he's going to go to Buffalo because a white guy did it. And, I mean, depending on when you're listening to me, uh, either the speech will have already happened or uh, or not. But either way, I can tell you, just as I was 100% accurate in my predictions about the Joe Biden State of the Union speech that took place. I, I, I called that every... I predicted everything he said correctly. I called it all. It's not because I'm a genius, although I'm a pretty smart guy. 
It's because I know the Democratic Party. I understand the Democrats. And, 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 and once you understand how they operate, how they go about things, it's easy. They are so predictable. As predictable as the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, you can predict what the Democrat response is going to be to everything, where they're going to go with things. That's what I can do. That's what I excel at. I intimately understand the thought processes in these low IQ individuals, these depraved individuals in the Democratic Party. But, you know, he practiced the speech that he's going to give Tuesday uh, back in June of 2021. Remember he went to Tulsa? To commemorate the Tulsa massacre, it was the hundredth anniversary. Yeah, it was. Yes, it was the hundredth anniversary because the Tulsa massacre took place back in 1921. That, that's that's when a bunch of uh, white racist Democrats uh, committed horrific acts of violence against a a relatively prosperous black community. 1921 in Tulsa. And anyway, uh, so like I said, you know, you had this mob of racist Democrats that attacked blacks and destroyed their businesses, killed people, burned the city to the ground. I mean, when you think about it, it's kind of like the BLM riots. Not much has changed, really. I mean, violent Democrats are still attacking black people and everyone else. But anyway, Biden's going to go down there and he's, he's well, 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 Biden did go down there to Tulsa, right? And he gave a speech and he claimed that white supremacy is more dangerous than ISIS and Al-Qaeda in modern America. I mean, this is not true. Obviously, we know, you and I know, that the Democrat Party is still, remains, the most dangerous threat to the homeland today. So, I'll get into that in a couple of minutes. I will give you my bold predictions, I'll tell you. I mean, I'll say, you don't have to listen to his speech. And, you know, you'll you'll be shocked. And, uh... I don't know. I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll gain respect from me once again because what I tell you he's going to say, he's going to say. It's just that simple and easy. But I want to talk about the Democrat Party and some of their tactics because it's very important that every American out there listening to me, not just to me, but every American, period, understands who the Democrat Party is. It is not a secret what they're up to. They actually openly broadcast who they are and what they're trying to do. They foment hatred, division, and they inspire violence. That is their literal political playbook. I'm talking about Rules for Radicals. This was the book written by the original community organizer named Saul Alinsky. Now, in the preface to the book, by the way, Alinsky writes that what follows is for those who want to change the world from what it is to what they believe it should be. The Prince was written by Machiavelli for the haves on how to hold power. Rules for Radicals is written for the have-nots on how to take it away. Um, Saul Linsky, uh, the commie himself, wanted to create revolution in America. Um, and of course, we know how this ends. Uh, they promise all sorts of things. They attack the rich, the elite, whatever else. But at the end of the day, all it does is secure power for themselves. And it creates the haves and the have-nothings. And that's the end goal. Now, Alinsky in his book, Saul Alinsky, Saul Alinsky, by the way, this is a hero of Barack Obama. This is a hero of Hillary Clinton. Saul Alinsky, it is so important and imperative that Americans understand who Saul Alinsky was. Because his legacy, 
continues on. He 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 really influenced who these people that are in the Democratic Party today are, how they operate. They don't have any morals or principles. They're not bound by morality, which will explain why they're willing to lie about what happened in Buffalo in such a depraved, disgusting, reprehensible manner to achieve political ends. But Alinsky in his book tells his readers to gain social, political, legal, economic power. How? By any means necessary. They are unbound by the morality that you and I believe in. Now he tells his readers to divide people by fomenting resentment. And this is much like, for example, the Bolsheviks promoted socioeconomic envy, anxiety, and hatred among Russian peasants who otherwise lived in relative harmony. But you can't have harmony in this dystopian hell that the Democrat Party, influenced by Marxism and communism, aspire to for America. Alinsky, this is a quotation, okay? Alinsky tells his readers, rub raw the resentments of the people of the community. Fan the latent hostilities of many of the people to the point of overt expression. Alinsky writes, he goes on, he says, an organizer must stir up dissatisfaction and discontent. Provide a channel into which people can angrily pour their frustrations, agitate to the point of conflict. And he tells his people to clothe it with moral uh, moral garments. Basically, lipstick, lipstick the pig, right? And make evil look good. I mean, so they say, you know, we need to ban guns to save lives. We need to lock down the economy and steal your liberty to save lives. This is how they put the lipstick on it. The lipstick on their authoritarianism. We need to censor free speech to save lives. It's always life and death for them, right? They're always doing everything for a greater cause, a noble cause. And the Democrat Party has not changed. Think about it this way. The, uh, the old plantation owners, right, in the days of slavery, they, they, they said, I mean, slavery was noble to them. They were doing the slaves a favor, you see. The, uh, the slave owners maintained that slaves were better off and happier in a system in which their lives were governed by others. That would be the slave owners. And this has always been a tactic. See, you see, slavery is a good thing because we're feeding the slaves. We're taking care of the slaves. Never mind it's barbaric and you're not free. You're a slave. They say, well, they wouldn't survive without our help. Slavery is a good thing, you see. Censorship is a good thing, you see. There's no limit to what these people uh, are willing to do. No low to which they're not willing to sink to achieve their ends because such a mentality provides no restraints. They can literally lie, ste- lie, cheat, steal, kill, and justify it. So anyway, uh, here's what Biden's going to say when he goes to commemorate. Well, he's not commemorating, I guess. It's not some anniversary, but he's going up to, to, uh, to Buffalo, New York, as I said. 
And he's going to say that, of course, this uh, mass shooting in Buffalo was proof, proof that white supremacy is a real and dangerous threat. He, he'll more than likely repeat the same line as before. White supremacists have replaced jihadists. So look out for that. But nonetheless, he's going to say uh, that this, this proves that we have a white supremacy problem in America. He's going to speak about gun control. Yet again. Now, he won't mention the BLM activist, Daryl Brooks, who used his SUV rather than a gun to mow down those innocent Americans, injuring about 61, I believe, killing four or five at that Christmas parade in Waukesha last year. And uh, most importantly, he's going to tie this incident to rhetoric from Republicans. This is a uh, absolute lie. Republicans obviously are not white supremacists. They condemn it. We don't endorse it. And I'll get into his manifesto in a second. But let's break this down. So, I want to point out something important here. Biden's going to go to Buffalo, New York, right? He's going to grieve for the victims. Now, let's be clear. Biden is not going to grieve with anyone. He's not going to grieve with anyone. What Biden is actually uh, preparing to do is to exploit this atrocity for political gain in an important midterm election year. That is what he's going to do. And it's worth repeating. It's worth remembering that Back when that black BLM activist mowed down those innocent Americans at the Waukesha Christmas Parade, Joe Biden couldn't be bothered to attend. Do you remember what Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, said when she was asked if he was going to attend, if he was going to make his way to Waukesha to grieve for those victims? Oh, well, of course, she said that... uh, you know, it was gonna, it was gonna, you know, asset. It was gonna take too many assets. And what did she say? She said that such a visit would require too many assets and resources. That's that's what she said. But apparently, assets and resources aren't a problem this time, right? Biden's gonna visit the victims of the Buffalo supermarket shooting. Now he's not gonna visit the Asian American community who was shot up on Sunday. But he's got time, assets, resources to go to, uh, to go there. And that's why I say these people are ecstatic. They're ecstatic. Because think about this. They have been desperately searching for a narrative. Uh, well, for evidence. Any incident they could use to make the claim, promote the claim, that, you know, Republicans were a bunch of white supremacists to, to damage and bludgeon their political opponents. But they couldn't find it, right? He was saying this all last year. I already mentioned a couple of the quotations about, you know, uh, uh, white supremacists are replacing jihadists, that Al-Qaeda and ISIS are nothing anymore. It's been replaced by white supremacy is the most dangerous threat to our homeland. And yet what happened in Virginia during the uh, uh, gubernatorial election? Well, it was an election for governor, lieutenant governor. I mean, it was a statewide election there in Virginia. But remember... Uh, white supremacy was so prominent, so easy to find, 
such a dangerous threat to America that a bunch of Democrat activists had to had to wield tiki torches outside a Glenn Youngkin rally. They were holding the tiki torches. I believe they were standing in the rain in front of one of his buses, pretending to be Glenn Youngkin supporters. But they were they were Democrat activists who were trying to tie Glenn Youngkin to white supremacists. So there were so many white supremacists that the Democrats had to pretend to be white supremacists because they couldn't find any, because there weren't any supporting Glenn Youngkin. That's what we have to deal with. So, anyhow, Biden's going to make it out there, and he's going to uh, do what the Democrats do best. He's going to rip open a scab. He's going to try and, uh, 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 well, he's going to divide. He's going to foment hatred in America. He's going to ignore all the other instances of of killings and death, uh, of violence in this country, and he's going to try and pin this to 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 Republicans specifically. Now, I want to get into something unique here. Now, yeah, he's going to touch on the the gun issue, but I've I've got an article out in American Greatness. Uh, you can read it; it is out, and it's called "Desperate Democrats Are Using the Shooting in Buffalo to Promote Censorship." And this is the key. This is the shift that the Democrats are doing. I I don't know. Maybe some other people are talking about this. I haven't seen them. I think I might be the first. I'm definitely an outlier. But I saw this quotation from Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi. She came out immediately after this Buffalo supermarket shooting by the uh, white supremacist who is also an anti-Semite, who is also an anti-capitalist, who also hates conservatives and hates uh, the media, who is a self- uh, proclaimed, I don't know, eco-fascist or something like that. So he hates everybody. He's a psychopath. But anyway, in the aftermath, Pelosi came out and she called for balance. Balance between free speech and safety. So they're setting up a new scenario here. They always exploit the gun thing. They always do that. I mean, they're going to target the Republicans, but they're going after free speech this time. They're not just going after the Second Amendment. They're going after the First Amendment too with this. That's why you've seen them try and blame Tucker Carlson, things he said on his show for inciting this psychopath uh, to violence. That's why they're, they're going after Republican speech, trying to pin it to this, uh, this uh, what do they call it, uh, replacement theory. Have you heard about replacement theory, by the way? Replacement theory. It's actually something that's come from Democrats before. Now, look. This manifesto is like a 180-page screed, uh, 180 pages of rambling lunacy. And he says all kinds of things in there. And one of the things he talks about is this replacement theory. Replacement theory is simply that there's a concerted effort by individuals out there uh, you know, to replace white people, essentially, as the majority. Now... Michael, uh, what's his name, Skr, Smirkinish, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but with a name like that, who cares? He's in the right business speaking on CNN with a name like Skirminish. But Michael Skirminish, back in 2018 on CNN, he said that long-term the GOP's got a problem. That's the bottom line. That's how I apply your demographic information to the current political dynamic. Now, he was talking uh, specifically, um, and not even subtly, about the intentional importation of voters 
uh, you know, across the, th- the southern border, what we're seeing right now, millions upon millions just coming into our country illegally to change the demographics in America. How that's going to impact uh, U.S. politics. I mean, the Democrats have always been trying to do it. So they've been in the open talking about this for a long, long time. But, you know, uh, Tucker Carlson and other Republicans have said, hey, this is what the Democrats are up to. We comment on it. We point out what they're trying to do and the motives behind it. And they're trying to pin this guy's egregious act of violence on Republicans, even though they've said it themselves as well. It's so outrageous. But even so, what a moron. I mean, this, this is a bastardization even of what they're talking about. I mean, it's, it's the, the Hispanics out there. I don't mean this as a, a, a pejorative term, Hispanic, by the way. I'm not attacking Hispanics. Uh, but that's the term that, of course, we have to label anybody, basically, who speaks Spanish. That's what it's come to in this country. It's so stupid as if anyone who speaks Spanish, whether from Guatemala or Mexico or Spain, you're all Hispanic, you know? I mean, they're all different countries with different, uh, you know, sp- I mean, they're different countries, okay? You, you, you can't lump them all in. It's like all English-speaking people, you know, are the same. It's ridiculous. But nonetheless... Um, uh, black people are a very small percentage of this po- of, of the American population. And uh, I, I guess I don't want to get into that. I was going to comment on the abortion thing. You know, they're not their their ranks aren't growing um, with the uh, uh, Democrat continued placement of abortion clinics in black communities, encouraging black uh, mothers to abort their children. But anyway, that's neither here nor there for the moment. But my point is, this guy, this white kid, uh, went and shot up a, a supermarket in, in Buffalo, allegedly because, uh, I guess he might have written it in his manifesto, because <clears throat> there were a lot of black people there. So this doesn't even relate to replacement theory, right? Replacement theory is about this concerted effort to replace white people. Black people aren't replacing white people in this country. The whole replacement theory has to do with illegal immigrants coming in from South America and so on and so forth into our country. So it's absolutely stupid on its face and it's it's an it's a lie to say that I I guess it it makes no sense to me. That they're pinning this on replacement theory it has to be I mean whatever. The guy the guy was absolutely racist by the way. But he was also an anti-sim anti also an anti-semite and other things too. But while the while the the Democrats here want to want to pin this on Republicans, and they're going to go after free speech, right? That's what it's all about. They've got their ministry of truth. Although, as we know, you know, I know, I am America's real minister of truth, Drew Allen. But um, the uh, if they want to get into blaming Republicans for their their words, their speech, their talking points. Um, There's not a single thing Republicans have said to have caused this, to incited this. But if we want to play this fun game that the Democrats want to play, we can point to another instance in 2017. Remember when a 66-year-old Bernie Sanders supporter, he opened fire on the Republican baseball team 
It was the congressional baseball team. They were practicing ahead of the annual congressional baseball game in Alexandria, Virginia. And a Bernie Sanders supporter went up to um, Ron DeSantis, who was a a congressman out of Florida at the time, and he actually asked him to specify if the players on the field were Republicans or Democrats. And then he uh, opened fire on the Republicans. He injured several people, and he severely injured Representative Steve Scalise out of Louisiana, who nearly died. He spent weeks in the hospital. And somehow this was not investigated as a hate crime against Republicans, even though it was evident. And, you know, while this, while this, uh, this psychopath who shot up the Republican baseball field, he didn't have an official manifesto out there, so to speak. Social media achieved the same end for him. It illustrated the source of his hatred. And what was it? It was the Democratic Party and the supporters and the media. The lamestream, radical fringe media that is shedding viewers day in and day out. You know, this killer who shot up the Republicans, he wrote, Trump has destroyed our democracy on Facebook. He wrote, it's time to destroy Trump and company. In another post, he wrote, Trump is guilty and should go to prison for treason. Now, his hatred was obviously real, but it wasn't based on reality. I mean, think about it. That mass shooting took place as the Democrat Party, people like Adam Schiff, for example, they were out there hawking the Trump collusion hoax. Schiff was out there going on CNN, assuring viewers that there was new evidence of Trump-Russia collusion. It's the Democrats who invented that lie. And they pushed it in the media to try and get rid of Trump. And this guy attacked was incited to violence, tried to murder a bunch of Republicans because he believed this garbage that the Democrat Party was peddling. So if anyone's guilty of anything, it's them. All right, this is Jarell, and I'm going to be right back. By the way, this, this manifesto that lamestream leftist propagandist media keeps referring to in particular only pointing out those items that they think will serve their narrative well it's coming from this shooter's laptop they got it from his computer by the way how did the New York Times how did all these leftist propagandists out there in networks how did they corroborate the validity of of this manifesto that they got from his computer so fast. I mean, it took them over a year to admit that the Hunter Biden laptop was real. The laptop that, you know, Hunter Biden himself left at the computer repair shop. He had his signature there. How is it that they're certain that the murderer, the mass shooter in Buffalo, that his laptop is real? That it isn't Russian disinformation? Maybe it's CIA disinformation. If we were lying scumbags like the left, well, that's what we would say, and the media would entertain it. But it's just, it's one thing after the other, and it is getting exhausting. And I just got to tell you, there's light at the end of the tunnel, there is. 
I'm not blowing smoke here, but we have got to vote. We have got to take away their power. We have got to punish these people because our nation cannot sustain this much longer. These people are just energized by their deep desire to destroy this country. They wake up with ambition, with motivation to burn this country to the ground. And we have got to wake up every day willing to fight to defeat them. We're at a point where the question is, who who cares the most? Who's got the fight, right? Think about the uh, Revolutionary War back in 1776. I've got to drink water here. I'm sorry. 1776, right? The outnumbered, outgunned colonists with a bunch of squirrel rifles took on the greatest, one of the greatest military forces at the time in the history of the world. But our ancestors had a greater will to win than did King George III and the British to defeat us, to continue to subjugate us. That's the mentality we need today. It's in our blood. We have to dig deep and we got to fight back. Now, as the Democrats and Biden, you're going to hear on Tuesday, come out and continue to push for censorship, continue to blame Republicans for inciting this. Never forget who these people are. These people, the Democrats, who established their ministry of truth, the ones pushing for censorship, the ones pushing for the right of the Democratic Party to control what is said and what is deemed to be true. Trump-Russia collusion was a lie peddled by Democrats. Quid pro quo was a lie peddled by Democrats. Trump incited an insurrection was a lie peddled by Democrats. Calling it an insurrection was a lie peddled by Democrats. They told us inflation is transitory, a lie. Gas prices are Putin's fault, a lie. Biden, Biden created more jobs than any American president in our history, was a lie. And just the other day, the White House claimed that there was no vaccine available when Biden took office. Another lie. Even CNN fact-checked that claim and said it was a lie. The White House tweeted out, if you didn't hear about this, and they since had to clarify because of pressure, because it was so outrageously untrue. Well, the White House tweeted out officially that when President Biden took office, millions were unemployed and there was no vaccine available. That's what the tweet said. It was available in December. Joe Biden himself got the shot on TV in December as did countless other Democrats. So the Democrats, they have an excellent track record of one thing, lying, spreading misinformation. The vaccine prevents the spread and contraction of COVID. Masks work. Shutting down our economy and businesses is doing is going to defeat COVID. The virus came from a wet market. Everything they've told you is a lie. These people have no credibility, are not trustworthy, and they have to be defeated. They have to be defeated. 
Kyle Rittenhouse. What did they do with that story? Remember before they were given this gift of some white guy with a manifesto that committed a mass murder, committed mass murder? Well, Kyle Rittenhouse, right? Self-defense. The guy was at a BLM. Well, he was, he was, he was present as a BLM activists were burning down his city. And Kyle Rittenhouse was armed and he defended himself. Killed two people, injured another as they were hitting him over the head with a skateboard, pulled a gun and stuck it in his face, tried to kill him, and he fought back. And the media, even after the trial, concluded. And it was determined that Kyle Rittenhouse was not guilty of any crimes whatsoever. Well, the media was still claiming that Kyle Rittenhouse was a white supremacist who killed a bunch of black people. Three white people were involved in the scuffle with him. He killed two white people and injured a third white person. But they still claimed he was a white supremacist. So determined were they to spread this lie, this narrative. And, you know, the media, they wasted no time at all finding a motive with this Buffalo supermarket shooter. They said it was a racially motivated hate crime. That's what CNN called it. Because 11 of the 13 shot were black. And that may very well be true. It does appear to be some kind of racist hate crime. But where was the investigation into the Republican hate crime committed? The political hate crime committed. Back when Steve Scalia was shot on the baseball field as the congressional Republican baseball team was practicing. That guy's motivation was clear as day. And yet they didn't tie it to that. They didn't investigate it in such a way. And this Peyton Gindron, Gindron, that's the name of the shooter. He's a fascist. He's a white supremacist. He's an anti-Semite in his manifesto. I didn't know Jews were black. And what's interesting too is he says in his manifesto, that in the it was the COVID lockdowns that radicalized him because he spent a lot of time on, on his computer in the early days of the lockdowns, and that's when he became radicalized because of stuff he was consuming on the internet. And he said that himself. Well, who is it that called for lockdowns? If we didn't have lockdowns, the shooter may not have been created. But, you know, he's got a history of mental illness, and he fell through the cracks. Time and time again, this happens, by the way. It's almost like they want this to take place. How is it that we don't have these reforms that we can agree upon in a bipartisan way? These killers are mentally ill. A stable, rational, moral human being does not commit atrocities like that, does not go out and commit crimes, does not kill and murder and look to harm innocent American citizens. That goes for the BLM guy. This guy happens to be white. But there are other people out there who are black, who are brown, who are 50 shades in between, who do this thing and we find out they had a track record and they're on the street. They've been released to the, back into the streets because of uh, different, well, DAs in certain, certain cities and, and states throughout the country that have gone soft on crime. These people have a track record of being uh, uh, going to these mental health care facilities and, and they're not tracked. I mean, this is the thing, too. Why was the FBI not aware of this guy? 
I mean, we find out that the FBI knows who many of these people are at one time. They interact with them. They interview them. And then they just what? Stop monitoring them? Maybe if the FBI spent less of their resources tracking down MAGA grandmas and more time tracking down people that actually have criminal records, we'd be in a different situation and prevent this type of thing. But at the end of the day, it comes down to a pandemic of amorality and evil in this country. That is what is spreading. We are abandoning religion. We are encouraging violence. We are promoting and sowing discord, hatred in this country, and it leads to violence. Had the Democrat Party, for example, not pitched and pushed the fake Trump-Russia collusion hoax, which the Clinton campaign created, fabricated, invented out of thin air, out of hatred for her political opponent, Donald Trump, had the media not taken that story and ran with it and given airtime to liars like Adam Schiff, Jerry Nadler, others who promised that Trump was a traitor and so on and so forth, who used that kind of rhetoric, well, we wouldn't be in this situation. I am not going to tolerate Democrats trying to pin violence in America on us. Barack Obama recently encouraged people to take to the streets over the the forthcoming decision by the Supreme Court that looks to overturn Roe v. Wade. These are not civil people, and they get away with it every day, and the media is complicit in all of it. The media is their megaphone. The media is indoctrinating people, inciting people to violence, keeping them stirred up and outraged, and they do it willingly, happily, because they're part of the club part of the Democratic Party. A 60-year-old Asian man opened fire on a lunch reception at the Taiwanese Presbyterian Church on Sunday, the day after the New York shooting in Buffalo. But because the Taiwanese church was a bunch of Asians and the killer was an Asian man, it gets no attention. Black people are being killed as I speak in Chicago. No attention whatsoever. This is the power of the media to shape one's reality. To blow something up, isolate it, magnify it, talk about it nonstop from morning till night for days, weeks, years at a time. To convince the American people that it's real, even though it's not. I've just had enough with this stuff. I've had enough with it. Um, You know, this is going to be a quick episode. Uh, I'm about ready to close out. Um... Yeah, I, I'm frustrated by what's going on, you know, because I, I, I love this country and I want to see it heal and I want to see our best days ahead. And I know many of you, all of you want the same thing, but the Democrats make it impossible, impossible. They deny us unity. They deny us peace. They keep us in a constant state of agitation There can be no peace so long as the Democratic Party is a viable political party in this nation. But I, I, uh, today's what? Let's see, we're going, we're we're Tuesday here. And I am going to be leaving for a week starting on Friday. And so next week, If I could do it, if I could be with you, I would, okay? 
What I would say is, if you haven't already, subscribe to my Substack. It's drewallen.substack.com. Drewallen, A-L-L-E-N, .substack.com. Subscribe there, and I'll stay in touch with you. I post my columns there. Sometimes I have material that is, is only shared with those who subscribe, but I can stay in touch with you that way as news events and things happen. But I unfortunately, I will not be with a microphone. I won't be able to do the podcast. And when I get back uh, after that week, I'm going to try and get one in uh, to, to reconvene with you. I just don't want you to think that the show's stopping. It's not stopping. I've just got, this has been planned for a long time and uh, it's, it's coming and, I, and I'm not going to be here for a week. But being with you brings me the greatest joy. I am so grateful to all of you. I've got, I've got such a loyal audience out there. And I, I take it so seriously to, to, to tell you the facts and the truth and to encourage you as well, all right? I'm not trying to beat you down. We've just got to be the most informed people in America because you're the ones listening to me who are going to save the country. That's the truth. But when I get back, I've got to go to D.C. I'm going to the swamp, and that will be probably my first update when I get back, right? So I'm actually flying to D.C. on Memorial Day itself, and I'll be back on Wednesday. And I'm going to try and come back on Wednesday and do this podcast to tell you what my experience is. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be uh, around a lot of people that you are familiar with and know. I'm going to uh, this great event. Uh, an author um, has a book coming out. It's a release party. And the champions of conservatism are going to be at this event. And I plan to, to fill you in on... Uh, how that goes, uh, give you, give, you know, f- read the pulse, you know, in terms of how our side is feeling and, and, and fill you in on any kind of exciting, relevant information that I feel you might be interested in knowing. But that's just the update. That's what's going on with me. So next week, not here. And then I'll be back with you soon. So the, the podcast will go on. You'll just be without me for a week. But go to sub, go to my Substack, subscribe there, and we can stay in touch. All right, folks. This is Drew Allen. Uh, listen to Joe Biden's speech on Tuesday. You'll find that it's exactly as I predict it to be. And we will reconvene soon. God bless you all. And until next time. <laughs>